You're listening to a New York Sports Nation production, enhancing your New York sports experience. Welcome to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my other co-host, Danny Boy King. Danny, you had a vacation last week in the Dominican. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm well rested and ready to get back to it. Definitely. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you weren't missing too much last week with uh, Josina Anderson. I don't think uh, I missed anything. No, no, not at all, except for, except for Josina Anderson, just uh, like caught starting stories and and people using Odell uh, Beckham to fill their dead time, dead air. Uh, nothing really happened in Giants Nation last week. That's being said, this week is a big week. It is Combine Week. We got a lot going on. And I'd say the biggest thing is we'll we'll start. We'll uh, instead of burying the lead, we'll start with the biggest news. Kyler Murray has measured in. He is measured in at five foot ten and one eighth inches, two hundred seven so pounds. And nine and, a half, nine and a half inches. Danny, do you think this is a big deal? I, I think it is because even though people might think I'm crazy, 5'9 is very different from 5'10 because look at Russell Wilson, what he's doing in Seattle. It, it's it's a huge difference and a big win for Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's it's um, one of those things where uh, people say, oh, what the, you know, is one inch a big difference? Well, in a sense, it kind of is, because now we can say, look, we've seen Russell Wilson do it at this exact same height, so now we know that it can be done, where it's, like I said, it's, it's, you know, one inch doesn't make a much of a difference, but as confidence-wise and feeling comfortable with it, it's okay. Like, we've seen somebody do it before, so now we don't have to stress out too much and be like, no, no one has ever done it at this height. Uh, his hands, people are saying they're going to be less than nine inches. Uh, they were they measured in at nine and a half inches, which is pretty average. Uh, Haskins are about the same size. Locks are actually smaller. Uh, Russell Wilson's hands, that being said, are an, are an inch longer, uh, ten and a half inches. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it. He's not throwing. That being said, the 207 pounds, he could have definitely he could have very definitely bulked up for this, and and he's obviously not running or or, or throwing at the combine. And he could definitely slim down, you know, 13 pounds before his pro day and be able to run, you know, uh, a, a much faster 40. And, you know, but that that 207 will be what we, you know, go at. Yeah, I find that very interesting because, obviously, he was, he was about 190 during the whole season at OU, and now he's 207, and now he's not running. So, yeah, as you said, he could easily trim down back to 190 and then run an even faster 40 than he would have probably done at the Combine this week. Yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, he's a fast quarterback. He's he's elusive. He's going to make plays. So if his combine is a tenth of a second shorter, I don't think that's really going to mess up his draws his draft stock. That being said, I am disappointed that he's not throwing because I just I just feel like he has so much to gain, and and he's never going to be next to Haskins and Locke again throwing. And he could have really set himself apart. Whereas at a pro day, I mean, pretty much everybody throws good at a pro day. Yeah, I, I was really disappointed because I, I, in my mind, 
I was confident Kyler Murray would leave in Indianapolis this week as the number one QB in this class. Nowadays, not doing that. Obviously, he could still make a statement when he has his pro day. But right now, the field's still very much wide open, and he's not helping him in that case. But, I mean, we'll see if it pays off for him in the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, who is still the favorite for most Giants fans, uh, he measured in at 6'3", 231, 9-5-8 uh, inches hands, locked 6'4", 228, and 9-inch hands, which was surprising. Um, so Haskins, he seems to be the favorite still. That being said, it's it's starting to become more and more thought that somebody's going to have to trade up to get that QB because the Jets have come out and just flat out said, we will trade with anybody because we want, we want to get a stock home and some picks. Uh, after the trade with Indianapolis they had last year, they missed, you know, they traded away uh, three second-round picks along with the three pick when they moved back, or, or sorry, moved up. Um, so somebody is going to jump into that three spot, but we could even see somebody, uh, you know, maybe even the Cardinals trade Rosen and pick pick Kyler. Um, you know, I don't want to read into this too much, but the Cardinals GM said. Um, when he was asked about Rosen being his quarterback, he's like, yeah, definitely. Right right now, he is our quarterback. So, you know, I don't want to read into that too much, but it does say something that he said right now. Instead of just being clear-cut, like, yeah, Josh is our guy. He's going to be our guy for the next 10 years. Yeah, that, that's something I found very interesting because uh, uh, Cliff said uh, he's our quarterback, and then obviously you just said the GM said right now he's our guy. But the thing is, something I read, it really, really stuck with me. It was like, can the Giants really afford the trade up? Because they know, obviously, some, I'm very big on the third round for some reason, and we don't have that. So, and there's many holes on this team. So, do they risk trading up and maybe giving up a, more than they should for someone like Dwayne Haskins, if, even if that's the guy they like right now? Some, or another thing I read do they maybe go defense and then try and maybe sneak back into that first round late and maybe get someone else? That's just my opinion on it, but. Still, yeah, the Jets trade in. It's I feel like the Jets are going to really mess us up this draft. Yeah, definitely. The the thing is is, and free agency is going to have a big play in this, especially with Nick Foles becoming a free agent. We'll talk about that. The thing is is, yes, we need a quarterback, and we need our quarterback for the future desperately. But I also do not want to take the wrong quarterback because we need a quarterback. So we, Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer, have to believe in whoever they pick if they pick a QB. 100%. Because if there's doubt there, I just wouldn't pull the trigger. Because, yeah, I mean, look, at Jacksonville doesn't need a quarterback. They drafted Blake Bortles third. Do you think they they would rather went back and drafted a guard or a tackle at that spot? Uh, the, the Bucks drafted Winston number one overall. They needed a quarterback. But, you know, going back, they probably wouldn't have drafted James Winston knowing what he is now. So, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying I'm against Haskins or Kyler. But if, if the Cardinals decide to, uh, you know, draft Kyler at one and the Jaguars trade up to three and draft Haskins. And if we don't like Locke, you know, we're going to look more into him as the draft comes approached. I don't want us to take somebody at the sixth spot just because, just because of need, because, you know, I, I don't, you know, obviously we can't predict the future, but I just, I do not want us to screw up ourselves long-term. And part of that is just me being scared because I've had the same quarterback in my life since 2004. Well, I mean, what do you think about that, Danny boy? Well, something that Pat, uh, not Patrick, Dave Gellman, in his press conference, he brought up the 2020 draft class of Tua Tagovailoa if he comes out. But then the guy that I believe 
Dave Gellman wanted from far away is Justin Herbert, the guy that returned to Oregon. So I personally don't believe right now that his quarterback is in this draft class. I believe he's in 2020. But I as, would, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, so but I, but yes, I don't want to take the wrong guy. But if they believe Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray is the guy, take him. Yeah, definitely, exactly. And Kyler Murray, he excites me the most. So I could definitely see myself being totally on the Kyler Murray bandwagon going into the draft. So this isn't like, oh, you know, Kyler's another guy, Haskins is another guy. Haskins, I need to watch – I've watched three full games of Haskins, and I'm not – there's nothing – I'm like, oh, that's bad. But there's nothing that wows me because he really wasn't asked to do a whole lot. And if he could do that his whole career and be a dinker and dunker like Brady, yeah, that's great. But this is the NFL, and that doesn't happen very often. So, I mean, we're going to know more about those guys as things get closer, uh, as free agency happens. Um, but, yeah, uh, Nick Foles is set to be a free agent. I feel like I, I had one more thing on the QBs. Um, I get, Yeah, if I remember, we'll go back to it. Nick Foles is becoming a free agent. I'm sure the Giants would be the team that he wants to go to the most. At the same time, though, Eli would have to be done because we're not having two 20-million quarterbacks on our roster. But let's just say in a world where Eli decides to hang it up, is Nick Foles somebody that would intrigue you? I'm going to have to say no. But don't get me wrong. Um, this is not me being biased because he was an eagle. But if we look at it, he has not had much success outside of Philadelphia. I mean – and still, he could. I believe he's overrated. I don't think he's worth twenty plus million. But if Eli does retire, I'm not sure. I feel confident just throwing in the, uh, a rookie quarterback week one. Yeah, definitely. Um, that this is more of a law thing because he's not coming to the Giants, even though that'd probably be the best fit for him. Uh, he's. I, I see him either ending up in Jacksonville or Washington. Uh, Jacksonville probably needs him the most. Washington will probably be the best fit for him. And I said on Simple Man yesterday that John Gruden is definitely going to go after him harder than anybody because John Gruden loves to store up QBs that aren't that are over the age of twenty-eight. Hmm. No, that's it. But also, but one thing about the Redskins—it sounds like yesterday it sounded like they were going to roll with Colt McCoy. Now it sounds like that if they see someone at fifteen that they like, they're going to take him. So I mean, I still believe Nick Foles will end up at Jacksonville. Definitely. Um, let's talk about the pressers a little bit. What, what stood out to you uh, the most out of the Gettleman and Shermer press conferences? Uh, what stood out to me the most about Pat Shermer is he seemed more open to the likes of Kyler Murray. In the beginning, and when he when he said like he's more fond of taller guys, obviously we, we may have taken that a little too literally, but still, he seemed more open to the likes of uh, Kyler Murray and his smaller build being a giant. And for Dave Gettleman, to me, it, it just... It doesn't seem like the commitment to Landon Collins. I put it on my Twitter. I do not believe Landon Collins will be a giant next year. Something in my gut's telling me that. So that's what stood out to me. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. Um, now, I could definitely see him not being a giant, but do you, do you really think they wouldn't franchise tag him? Because I feel like there's really nothing to be lost in paying that franchise tag on him. And even if we were to take it off like Gettleman did with Josh Norman in Carolina a few years ago. It's just something is telling me that – Dave Gellman does not want Landon Collins. Obviously, I, 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 in my mind, I think he's going to get franchise tag, but I'm preparing myself that if he does not, it wouldn't shock me. That's what I'm going for right now. Definitely. Um, I guess the, the biggest thing is Eli is definitely coming back and probably going to be the star of week one no matter what we do. Uh, Gettleman made this, uh, seemed to make that clear. He once again said we didn't 
sign Odell to trade Odell, which is it's unbelievable. We keep on having to do this with him. Um, he took a nice little shot at Kyle Oletta, saying, you know, we can't be worrying if he's going to show up on time. Uh, so that that was a nice, that was a, a clean a clean little below the belt shot by Gettleman. Um, but yeah, these these press conferences, I get so excited for them. And then five minutes in every time, I just re- reminds myself that they're really not going to say anything unless they're like a loudmouth Rex Ryan type. So, I mean, there's just there's really nothing to pull from these press conferences, um, at least at least nothing major. No, yeah, the, Dave Gum is not the type of guy to really go into in-depth details. He usually just gives you like a short answer or he says it doesn't concern you. But one of, another thing that stood out to me was his quote, no guts, no glory. I, I'm in love with that quote right now. Yeah, I, I like that too. We'll have to put on a T-shirt uh, uh, because I, it's it's this going to be a good team look going forward, man. I'm excited. That's now I remember what I was going to say because we were talking about maybe the Cardinals taking Kyler at one. What do you think about Josh Rosen? Because I I, I think that it's weird how you know last year he was a first a first round pick and then one year later, um, all of a sudden he's he's not. Uh, I, I really think he'd probably be the number one guy if you if you were coming out again in this draft. Um, I mean, what do you think about the possibility of Josh Rosen? I was more of a fan of Josh Rosen than Sam Darnold last year. I, my I had Josh Rosen over Sam Darnold, so so it's interesting. The the guys of first it, it was his rookie year. I don't think they should do anything with him because the guy still has room to grow. You fired his coach after a year. So the guy is going through a lot, right? Not going through a lot, yeah. So I, I, he has something. He just needs to find it. And I believe with Cliff Kingsbury, he will find it, and he will be something in Arizona. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, I, uh, from our point of view, would you give up the six for him? No, uh, that that that's pushing it though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it would definitely be ballsy. Although I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Especially because because if that was willing to happen, that means the Cardinals are going to take Kyler at one, no matter what, and so that means Kyler's gone, um, and then uh, and then Haskins would probably be gone at three. So then it'd be kind of like a you know what, it, it's best case scenario. But that being said, going rewind a little bit, next year's QB class is going to be really good. I mean, you know, Justin Herbert was you know half of Giants Twitter's uh, you know usernames, uh, you know before he said he was coming back. So it, it is kind of, you know, the goalposts are constantly moving where, you know, everyone's like Haskins or die now. But nobody was talking about Haskins until Justin Herbert said he, he was coming back to Oregon. Uh, like you said, Tua uh, is somebody who's like, intrigued me like crazy, although those last couple games, you know, they leave a, a bad taste in your mouth. You know, the, the Clemson game and the Georgia game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he did next year. I'll, you know, but at the end of the day, he played, you know, two, one not great game and then one bad game in his entire career. Um, and then Brian Brom, the, uh, the quarterback from Georgia is going to be out. I think he's going to be a really good prospect. So next year's class is going to have a lot of guys. Um, and I know that pisses people off to say, we can't just keep on waiting the next year. And I, and I agree. But, uh, if, if the guy is not there that we want, I mean, I, I think really think we should, because, you know, this is a decision for the next 15 years, hopefully. This is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but if we do not draft a quarterback this year, I say we have to sign Eli for at least one more year just so he can mentor the rookie. Because I want Eli to mentor whoever this guy, come, whoever it is. Obviously, it, 
one, it has to be if Eli wants to play, and two, that if he's long, he's affordable. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting what the Giants do, and I don't want, as you said, I don't want to make a wrong decision and be going into the quote QB hell, as Dave Gellerman put it last year. Yeah, could you now that you you mentioned mentoring? Could you imagine Eli trying to mentor Kyler Murray, who's just the exact opposite of who he is? It will be quite funny to see it because um, they're just as you said, they're two polar opposites of each other. But I, I I see Kyler willing to listen, but the thing is, I would he want to go to a situation where he's going to be on the bench for a year? Would he really want to wait that long? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting, man, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this every episode until the draft happens. Um, some news outside of the Giants' world, although it's you know partly in. Jason Witten is going back to the Cowboys. Do you think this means anything? Because the guy, he's been out of football for a year. He could only run a straight line before he even left. I mean, do you, do you really think this makes a big impact for Dallas? It's a veteran presence in the locker room, so yes. And, I mean, they got him for I, I, somewhat cheap for a tight end, $5 million. But, I mean, if he's looking at it, the NFC East, it's a very wide-open division. I, I don't have a favorite yet. And, I mean, if you saw what Blake Jarwin did to the Giants' defense last year, I would want to come back as well. But, so, Stephen A. Smith says he puts the Cowboys now in the top four Super Bowl contenders because of Jason Witten. I, I wouldn't go there yet because we still don't know what Jason Witten's like after being out for a whole year. But the prospect of him returning intrigues me and also scares me because it's Jason Witten. The Giants really can't really handle him sometimes. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because – there's two. There's two sides to it. It's, it's one is like he hasn't played in a year. He's a year older. He's not going to be anything. And then there's the other one. It's like, well, he's had a year of rest to get his body right, and he's going to be as fresh as ever. Um, it's it's definitely going to be. I mean, watching that first game with the Cowboys, I'm sure they'll do Giants Cowboys Sunday night, uh, as tradition goes, um, or or week two. We always play Cowboys Sunday night events. You know, for week one or yeah. two, week two. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting because we really have no idea what is going to happen. Um, and as much as, you know, veteran leadership doesn't mean anything with that young Dallas team, I think it does. And it, but could you imagine like him coming back? It, it's it's going to be weird. ESPN really lucked out. Although ESPN also could have been like, Hey man, like we're done with you. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, that being said, it will be nice to not have Jason win on Monday Night Football. Oh, and thank if he's God. good at football, I'm going to be wishing he was back in the Monday Night Football booth. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely hated him and Booger McFarland. The prospect of Joe Testero and Booger McFarland scare me a lot. But, yes, if, I, I hope Jason Witten is not good, and I hope he regrets this decision and the Cowboys go into an 0-16 season. There we go. There we go. Uh, how about 1-15 so the, the Eagles lose one of those games? Um, so, uh, let's see, what, do we have anything else? Okay, we got a fifth-round comp- uh, compensatory pick. Man, we're going to have Dan Duggan on next week, and I'm going to have him explain this to me, because as much as, like, I read up on it, it's still, like, I don't understand how do they come to these conclusions on, on these picks. And it made us, it seemed like we were going to get a bunch, you know. That's what all the beat guys are like, yeah, Gettleman, he's really into the compensatory picks. Uh, but we only get one, it's a fifth-round pick. Uh, our fifth round picks the past five years have been RJ McIntosh. We have no idea what he is because he's been injured. Avery Moss is a, a, a nothing at this point. Paul Perkins, one time we thought he was going to be our, our future running back. That's obviously not the case. 
Mikael Thompson, which is the one, the only one where I just have no memory of. Uh, Nat Bear, I remember him being on special teams and wondering why his parents named him Nat. And Devin Kennard, who was a pretty good linebacker for us, but he's obviously gone to Detroit now. No, yeah, uh, I, I have. It was like I read Dan explained it like if based on the players you lose and the players you gain, and it's like apparently we gain good enough players not to need a, a more compensation picks. I don't know, a fifth round pick, uh, as you said, nothing much has come from that. Hopefully something comes from it this year. Obviously, the really name that sticks out to me is Devon Kennard. He's now in Detroit, and he was decent. So, I mean, we'll see what comes out of the fifth. Maybe he just uses that as more capital to trade around or trade back. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I, I, I'm I, a nerd for the fourth to seventh round. You know, most people tune in for one and maybe two. Fourth to seventh round, I love learning about those new guys, getting into it. Um, and hopefully we'll get a few of those guys on the show. Um, for example, like last year, undrafted free agent Tay Davis, who we're interview- interviewing later in this show. Um, yeah, man, so it's been a pretty eventful week. Uh, what are you looking forward to most in the combine? I'm looking most for. I'm not going to say QB because obviously a QB is a big one. I'm looking forward the most to see Devin White out of LSU. Uh, intriguing linebacker. Very much intrigues me. We need linebackers. I can see him coming in there. And obviously offensive linemen. I know you're a nerd for offensive linemen. But they, they are needed. We need, especially a right tackle. So a big week ahead. Yeah, if, if we do not go QB at six, we're either going to trade down. But if, if we're not picking QB in the first round, we have to go offensive line. We have to take care of that right tackle position. Um, I don't know if you know we're going to be spending money in free agency, especially with the Nate Solder deal last year. Um, and so, yeah, I, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, so offensive line is what I'm going to be paying attention to. Although it's hard to learn a whole lot from offensive line. You know, the, the bench press is, is kind of important, but it's also not, especially at the tackle position. Um and then vertical jump is actually something to look at offensive line because, you know, it shows explosion, explosion through the legs and the 20-yard shuttle. The 40-yard dash doesn't mean a whole lot. But it is cool to see people who are my size, like 6'7", 300 pounds, running 4840s. Um, it's, it's honestly insane how, how much offensive linemen have changed since the 60s. Can you imagine offensive linemen, today's offensive linemen, playing in the 60s? I mean, it just it'd be unreal. It would be quite funny seeing these guys playing now. I mean, then. They'd be running backs and just trucking people and beating them, beating them to the corner. It'd be unbelievable to see. Um, so yeah, uh, this combine is the combine. It's I get excited for it. It's, it doesn't really excite me a whole lot because you know, there's not too much to learn from it. Um, really, the only things that come out are the negatives. Uh, we're gonna have a few failed drug tests, which is more of like an idiot test because you know the drug test is coming. Uh, some Wonderlick tests will be leaked. Yeah, so so just exciting stuff. It's the same stuff every year. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for the combine. Unless you got anything else, Danny. No, I'm all good. We covered it. All right. So unless you got anything else, Danny, we're gonna move on to the interview with Giants linebacker Tay Davis to finish off the show. Uh, I did this interview at the Pro Bowl actually. Uh, Tay Davis is an NFL linebacker. He started for us last year towards the end of the season, undrafted guy out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And then I'm a six foot seven person. And so it was 50 degrees and raining nonstop that day. Um, and we were in a tiny little smart car and at a gas station to do this interview for. So you might hear some rain sounds and whatnot. That being said, Tay, he's a nice, humble guy. 
Uh, and I, f- I feel like it was a pretty decent interview. Do you, uh, do you got anything else, Danny? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, Tay Davis, obviously, he's going to be a, a big part. He's going to be a, a fighting for a, a spot to be in that linebacker court this year because it's not very good. So hopefully um, he makes it onto that thing. I like the interview on Simple with the you on Simple Man Radio. So the guy's humble. Hope the best for him. All right, let's kick it to it. And we will see you guys next week. That's Danny Boy King. This is Bobby. And here is Tay Davis. Actually, here's an ad first from the Black Tux. I'm going to a wedding later using them. Here's Black Tux. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're here live with New York Giants inside linebacker Tay Davis. Tay, first question, is this your first interview in a car with a guy bigger than you? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, so you uh, you just completed your rookie season. You were undrafted free agent out of Tennessee Chattanooga. We talked after the draft. And, you know, you were kind of a long shot to make the roster. You know, your best bet was special teams. But by the end of the season, you were, uh, you were starting and, and a key player on the team. I mean, what do you think led to all that? Uh, you know, I guess, you know, just the coaches believing in me and just also, you know, a couple of injuries, you know, you always have to be ready because you just, are, I mean, you are one play away from playing. So, you know, that's exactly what happened. So when my time came, I was just ready for that moment. Definitely. Um, you you know, m- many people might not know you. Uh, you actually only played one year linebacker in college before moving to safety your senior year. And you, you know, you're moving into a defense that asks a lot out of you. I mean, do you think that was a big part of what you did? And then, what were the biggest adjustments to, you know, only having one year of linebacker experience to playing linebacker in the NFL? Um, I mean, probably, I'll probably say the things that you know is different than why just me not playing linebacker for a long time. I'm still pretty raw at the position, so I'm still learning a lot. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, it's, it came with learning, you know, through mistakes and, you know, experience. But I've learned a lot, you know, this you know, this has been my second year just playing linebacker. And I can tell, you know, I grew not only as a player, but, you know, just from the, at that linebacker position. So it was very, very beneficial for me. Um, I'm excited to see where, you know, the, the next step I take. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable now playing linebacker, you know, being around Coach Batch, um, Coach Gov, Robbie. Um, some of the guys, BJ, Stoop, Tree, you know, the, all those guys, I picked their brains, and you know, I've learned something from each and every one of those guys that helped me. Definitely. Um, so, obviously, you were undrafted free agent. We interviewed four New York Giants last year, Shane Smith, who, you know, he's not with the team any longer, uh, Cody Latmer, your, yourself, and Rob Martin, who is also a long shot. Tay, we need you to uh, let, let these new guys come in and tell them, you know, if, if you interview with Simple Man Radio, you're pretty much guaranteed a roster spot. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could, you know, guarantee the guys that, but, you know, it just gives a testimony of the guys, you know, that have made it. Um, just the hard work, you know, that, you know, we put in every day. And you know, the biggest advice I can give to them is, you know, never get comfortable. Always come in and um, prove yourself because, you know, that one day you don't could be your last day. So, 
Definitely. So, obviously, you're a rookie. Saquon Barkley, who we're at the Pro Bowl now. He's playing in the Pro Bowl. Kind of lit the league on fire, which was, you know, somewhat expected with him being the number two pick. He seems to be the perfect guy. You got to tell me, though, you know, he can't be perfect. What, 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 give me give me a flaw that Saquon has, even if it's, even if it's a small one, Ted. <laughs> um, I mean, my guy doesn't have any flaws that I know of, man. He's a great guy all around. Um, first thing that, you know, that screams off at him screams off is just how humble he is and just you know his approach to the game and you know once you're around a guy like that you can't help but to um you know feed off him and you know want to get better too because you know everything with him is a competition so you know i love being around him um, he brings great energy you know to every anything he do so i mean he's a pretty great guy definitely um so obviously you know you're a rookie there's a lot of veterans on that defense who would you say was the one guy that really, you know, took you in and helped you a lot, whether it was, you know, with the linebacker crew or, or you know, just somebody, some a veteran on the team? Um, I have to say Tree, Alec Ogletree. Um, kind of calling like my big brother now, but um, he's just kind of like gravitated to him and just been someone that whenever I need to talk to someone or just ask someone or someone that was just helping me, it was always him. So that's someone I definitely look up to and became close with. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned getting close with him. Obviously, this is, you know, your first year in, in the NFL, which is, you know, more of a business than obviously college football and then obviously high school. I mean, <clears throat> what is it like? What are the, some of the changes you've had to make to dealing with, you know, guys say you got close with that ended up getting cut from the team or, or you know, moved to another place? Like, you know, so guys that got traded like like Eli Apple and, and Snacks. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I was close with both of those guys, Snacks and Eli. And... I mean, I don't think you can never really prepare yourself until it actually happens. But um, every time something like that does happen, you just it makes you realize that you know this is a business, and and on any given day that anyone can you know leave or get traded away. So it definitely open your eyes, um, and just makes you have a different approach to the game, and just make sure that you you know take care of yourself. Um, and all aspects on and off the field, you know, and just whatever happens, happens. And just never take it personal because, you know, like you said, it is a business. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, would you say that's the biggest difference? Or what, I mean, what's the biggest difference going from, you know, a college locker room where, you know, the oldest guy's 22, 23 to now being with guys like Eli Manning, who's, you know, 38 years old and has won two Super Bowls and, and you know, every year they're asking if he's going to retire. And I mean, I mean, it, what's that like, you know, being in a locker room full of grown men with, families and kids and all that um i mean you know it's definitely different because you know, that's your livelihood you know that's their job I mean, that's our job and you know you know that's a rookie coming in you don't have a family you don't you know so you know you're just you're playing you're just trying to earn a spot with those guys you know that's how they take care of their family so um on that end you know it's definitely tough but you know at the same time it is what it is you know you're all chasing that dream you know to make one of those spots um but just having like guys like that around in the locker room i mean it's it's kind of cool to me because you can kind of you just see everyone's um, personalities and you just see kind of like the I guess the millennials like the younger guys how they're acting like the older guys but I mean everyone gels together so it's pretty cool to see and be around definitely and then you know one of the other things that changes you know you were at a small school Tennessee Chattanooga and you know you moved into the biggest media market in, in the world with New York I mean, you know, obviously you weren't a guy that they were going and looking for clips all the time like they were, you know, Eli and Saquon and Odell and guys like that. I mean, but does that change how you, you know, you act in the locker room or, or, or are with cameras around when, you know, you got guys who are coming at people's throats, you know, 
you know, half the beat reporters are, you know, coming after Eli and, and obviously the criticism of Odell. I mean, how, how has that changed your outlook, at, you know, as a game and, and just, you know, football as a life? Um, it hasn't changed my approach at all. You know, I love the game of football. And that's, you know, that's the game I play. And, you know, that's just what comes with, you know, what we're, with what we do. Um, you know, nothing against the media or nothing. But, you know, they have they have a job also. So, you know, they get, they get their stories. Um, I've just been like how I've always been. Um, never let the media get to you. Um, and just to stay together. And just you know, because, you know, those guys that's in the locker room, you know, those are the ones that you go out and you battle with every Sunday. Um, those are guys you put in all the blood, sweat, and tears, you know, during the off season, um, during the summer training camp. So, you know, just from a test from this year, um, I think, you know, as a team, we did pretty well just sticking together and just blocking the media out. Definitely. I want to finish off with uh, a few more lighthearted questions. Okay. Eli, you know, he's an old man. <laughs> you know, you probably don't spend too much time with him because he's the quarterback and, and you're in the linebacker group. Well, I mean, what was your like first rea- interaction with him, or, or do you guys ever talk except for maybe once every three months or something? Uh, <laughs> well, one pretty, one pretty uh, funny reaction I had with interaction I had with him. Um, we was in the training room, just on the bikes, just warming up, and he was just telling me like dad jokes, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but um, no, Eli's a great guy. You know, I don't talk to him much, but whenever I do, it's always been like good conversations. Just something where I'm, I'm leaving the conversation like, wow, you know, I didn't learn that or. Like, he's pretty funny, you know. So it's always been a great opportunity to always, you know, kind of talk it up with him. Okay. Uh, Odell, Saquon, you got either of those guys' phone numbers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you can say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll just have to call him right now. <laughs> just, you know, I, I could say I would interview with Saquon Barkley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, what are your plans for the off season? Are you going to go back to Tennessee or, or, or back home or what? Uh, right now, I'm you know I'm back in Nashville, um, starting to do a little you know little workouts here, here and there, and stuff. Just you know, just making sure my body stay up up to par, and you know that's pretty much all I'm doing. Um, still pretty close to family, so you know that's a pretty good thing for me. But um, yeah, so that's all I'm doing pretty much. Definitely. So I mean, what you know? Obviously, we're we're just around the off season. We're here at the uh, the Pro Bowl in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you have expected for yourself? Obviously, you know, work hard and, and be the best you. But I mean, what, what are you? You know, what are some goals, personal goals that you're setting out for for next year? Uh, next year, you know, for one, just you know, start back at square one, um, and that's just to you know do well and make the fifty three, and you know, go from there. You know, you know, be a starter and start. Um, establish myself in this league um, and create a name for myself and but it also um, you know have the Giants to you know, make a run for the playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl you know that's you know what I pretty much care about right now so definitely man I, I like to hear that I'm a Giants fan myself so definitely want to see the Giants Super Bowl you know we we love our guys we're going to be probably the most biased show you'll ever hear so you know Tay Davis is one of our guys Tay we appreciate you getting in this tiny little car in the back seat <laughs> with a six foot seven man Thanks for coming on, Ted. Thank you. All right, that's perfect. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for Tay Davis again for coming on. Make sure to follow us all on all our socials at Bobby Skinner NFL at Danny King W E G. Although I'm going to try and get him to change his his username to at Danny Boy King because I mean it's just great. Not one iota. Um, follow the socials at Giants Nation Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And please rate and review, subscribe, do it all. It's good for us. Until next week, go Big Blue.